Hello everyone and welcome to the Women of Blockchain podcast by Cointelligence Academy, where we provide a unique and impartial blockchain and crypto education. I'm your host Laura Salomido and our today's guest is Maria Magenis, who started her marketing career for a TV and media broadcast where she spent over four years when she decided to take the challenge and move into the blockchain advertising space. She started off as the head of marketing for a decentralized finance startup called Ave, after which she has joined the Maker Foundation, where she is currently leading the Europe community. From her years in marketing, Maria has acquired a lot of knowledge and some of it she was able to share with us today. In our talk with Maria, we discussed the importance of community building and the role that it plays in the adoption and growth of a product. Maria explains how two people are already a community and if you provide your community with the right tools, they can be the growth catalyst of your project. Maria also shared some key ways to establish and grow a community. We'll later discuss the benefits of decentralized finance and concluded with Maria's reflection on the challenges on working in blockchain and some of her tips on how to get into the industry. So let's go ahead and hear from Maria. Hi Maria, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hello, thanks for inviting me. I'm really good. Brilliant. So let's get right into it. Um, so let's start, Maria, with your background and your journey into blockchain. Yeah, uh, so basically I uh, am pretty young. I'm 28 uh, and uh, I studied economics and then international business. Uh, at the university and uh, during my studies uh, um, I traveled a lot so I got in touch with a lot of cultures, uh, businesses, networks uh, and uh, I mean um, after my studies I decided to um, to join uh, an international company in Italy called Sky Italia, it's a broadcast media broadcast company uh, and I worked there for uh, almost four years uh, in the marketing strategy team. Uh, then, uh, after uh, this experience, uh, I was a bit sick of, uh, um, let's say, big companies, especially Italian-focused uh, companies. So uh, I decided to change, um, and uh, uh, I I joined the blockchain in a, in a quite funny way and uh, uh, basically by chance because uh, I my my husband was uh, working in Switzerland and I started to look at, for a job uh, there uh, and uh, I came across uh, this uh, job posting by a, a strange for me it was strange company. Uh, operating in the blockchain. Uh, they were looking for a marketing uh, role uh, and uh, I, um, I tried, even if uh, I, didn't, I didn't know much uh, about the blockchain. I knew Ethereum and, and I knew I had a crypto kitty, for example. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> okay. I, yeah, exactly. That, 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 that was it. I mean, uh, and uh, I, um, the first uh, interview uh, I, I told uh, I, I don't know much, but uh, uh, what I know is uh, how to like marketing. So uh, if you are trying to uh, 
to engage a broader audience, uh, maybe I can be your person. And uh, this company was, was it's called Ave. Uh, they also operating uh, in, the block, in the DeFi uh, scenario. Um, and uh, then after w- almost one year with them, uh, I uh, joined MakerDAO, Maker Foundation, uh, and, um, uh, and that's it. And now I'm the community lead for Europe and Africa at the Maker Foundation. I love that story. Determination above everything. That's good. <laughs> so, um, of course, so now you're working for Maker, like you've mentioned. That's very exciting. And we're we going to talk about it a bit more. Uh, but can you give us the overview? I guess most people know what MakerDAO is, but it would be still nice to hear the, uh, the overview of the project and understand some fundamentals behind what Maker is actually doing. Um, so what is MakerDAO? Okay, so MakerDAO is, uh, um, as I mentioned, a decentralized organization dedicated to bringing financial stability uh, and transparency uh, to the world economy. Uh, so um, MakerDAO is behind, it enables the generation of DAI. Uh, DAI is the first unbiased currency um, and the leading, uh, uh, let's say, decentralized stablecoin. Um, so it, the stablecoin DAI uh, eliminates uh, volatility through an autonomous system of uh, smart contracts called the uh, Maker Protocol. The Maker Protocol is, govern- is uh, uh, run, let's say, and decided by the governance. That's why we are decentralized. So no one is behind, uh, there's no company behind uh, the DAI. Uh, everything is decided by uh, the governance, which, uh, which is composed by the MKR holders. Uh, MKR is our native uh, token. And the Maker Protocol is uh, used in all the Ethereum blockchain by a lot of uh, projects to build on top of a decentralized file on it and build dApps which are decentralized app basically. So the, the DAI works uh, with, uh, is stable because of the smart, contact, uh, smart contracts and uh, um, basically there, there are behind some mechanisms which take uh, Uh, demand and supply uh, equal. So that's how uh, it is uh, stable and it it is pegged to the dollar. So one die is uh, always uh, equal to one dollar. And uh, each die is backed by a surplus of collateral uh, that uh, has been individually escrowed into uh, audited and publicly viable uh, Ethereum smart contracts. So, as I mentioned, Maker, uh, there are there are several. There are a bit of there is a bit of confusion because there is Maker DAO, Maker Foundation, and the Maker Community. So everything is part of the Maker Community. Uh, the Maker Foundation it. It's the foundation uh, in which I am employed and me and my team uh, are employed, uh, is a member of the maker community. And uh, our uh, efforts now uh, are focused on bringing more and more decentralization uh, to the DAO. So we are uh, basically uh, preparing MakerDAO to be completely decentralized uh, and to reach the full decentralization giving uh, all the um, tools to the MKR holders to be independent on everything. 
Wow, so that's that, a, there's, think, a, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, yeah. So thank you for that overview. So just, just to make sure, and I'm sorry if um, this is me being a bit slower getting it, but just the difference again. So DAI is a stable coin and MKR token is a token that you use to... Um, to the voting the, token. The voting token. Mm-hmm. Okay. And DAI is backed by the dollar, right? You no. So uh, basically, DAI, uh, to generate DAI, you need to put uh, some uh, collateral, which, uh, which can be Ethereum. We, we have several co- collaterals now. We have uh, um, Ethereum, uh, RAP BTC, uh, UC, uh, USDC. Uh, and That's right. So this is when you recently launched like a multi-collateral uh, die, right? So you could be backed by the different, not backed, but they could, yeah, you could you be collateralized by different tokens. Exactly. Okay. So, but <clears throat> basically, um, to to like to to tell it in a very, I know it's not simple at all, but <laughs> to try to. Um, to simplify it. The, the main purpose of Maker is uh, to um, boost the DAI adoption. DAI is a stable coin, which means that the, uh, DAI has positive uh, sides of the cryptocurrency, so it's, it's digital, super fast, it's uh, open. But on the other hand, it doesn't have the downs, downfalls of the crypto, which is basically the volatility. Because if you have one Ethereum, uh, today it can be something and tomorrow can be some uh, value something else. So basically, the main uh, purpose of DAI is uh, that it can be um, a store of value and it can be a real money. It can be considered, you know, a real coin to use um, every day for your transactions. Great. So do you use um, any of the uh, maker products or do you hold those tokens yourself? Yeah. I, um, so uh, what I use the most is DAI because, uh, for example, uh, uh, we when we uh, exchange when we need to for example to exchange with our uh, colleagues uh, um, we we use dai when i got refunded uh, i i i get dai um, and uh, i i can the, the main point of dai is that i can use it uh, i mean in a lot of uh, uh, of uh, situation for example uh, when i have to pay for a, for a service to um, uh, to a, one of our ambassador to translate something uh, then I, I i tell him i will get i will give you dai because i know that dai doesn't and he knows that dai doesn't change its value so it, it's like giving euros or dollars but uh, you can use your wallet and everything is uh, very fast. Uh, and uh, Interesting. Uh, so you're saying that internally within the company, within the team, you transact and die? Yeah. Does that also go for your, for example, salaries, if that's something you could share? Uh, you can decide. Uh, for me, uh, I mean, for people living in uh, places where the uh, financial system is solid and stable, uh, it doesn't make much sense to get salary and die. Because we euro is stable and dollar is stable as well, uh, as well as pound, for example. However, a lot of uh, my uh, uh, South American uh, colleagues living in Argentina and Venezuela, for example, 
uh, they get their salary uh, in Dai because the peso is very is very floating uh, due to inflation, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they um, receive Dai. They use. Uh, die as store of value and then when they have to pay for the rent uh, or i mean grocery shopping uh, etc they just uh, convert the die they need on exchanges and uh, they they pay that's amazing so they convert the die i'm guessing into ethereum and then ethereum into dollars or is that how no no no. they just convert die in peso Oh, straight away. Okay. Or DAI, uh, no, probably they do DAI, uh, dollar and dollar peso, probably. I see. Because wow. you, you find a lot of uh, uh, exchanges. I mean, it's easier to convert in dollar, of course. It's fascinating to hear that, you know, there's, there, there's, there's, these things are real, you know, we're not just talking about tokens, people exactly. can and then use them in, in, in different ways that adds value to them. I love that. So yeah. Maria, thank you for this introduction. I think it was really useful to understand, you know, the, the fundamentals of Maker. And before, I would like us to talk a bit more about decentralization in a bit, but before we do that, and because you've mentioned that because of your background in marketing, I think it would be great to spend some time talking about marketing strategies within blockchain and especially building a community because I know that this is very much of what you're doing as well and it would be great to hear why community is important as a marketing strategy. Yeah sure Uh, so community is uh, something uh, which is uh, very much uh, mentioned uh, in uh, in this space uh, in blockchain and especially in defi but uh, in general uh, community is also important i mean it's important in every uh, in every business uh, and in every sector because i think that uh, having a solid community of users and supporters um, is helpful uh, because people i mean people talk to each other uh, they recommend your product uh, and uh, th- there is uh, this uh, effect called networking effect uh, which uh, helps the product to improve uh, and then your company to grow um, you receive background you uh, enlarge user pool of course in our in our uh, in our field the defi is even more important because uh, in the end, the community is the backbone of the DeFi projects. The community can also really help you in building the product. Yeah, absolutely. So can we just like, you know, step back a little bit and, and maybe define community? Because I think it's, it has become, like you've said as well, it's such an overused word. We say community all the time. But what do we actually mean? For, for Maker, for example, what community means to you? Is this people who are already your customers and you bring them together or is it reaching out to people who aren't your customers and you know so what is a community to you so in my opinion when you have five supporters for your project you already have a community and then of course the the, the largest the the better but you can call community if you are more than to people in, in my in my opinion especially in our in our field so the the, the community is uh, uh, is not only uh, our users uh, um, 
we have different kind of community which are relevant for us in Maker, for example. So there is the Maker community, and there is the DeFi community, then there is the Ethereum community. There are a lot of communities uh, which uh, um, are relevant. If I have to define the maker community, these are, of course, our users, people who use DAI now, who uh, have used DAI uh, or, uh, at least one time in, in their life, and the people who follow, for example, our, um, our channels like uh, uh, Telegram, uh, Rocket Chat Forum, MKR holders, these are our community. Then uh, also the five community is very important for us. Uh, usually there is a, a big overlap between the five community and I community. And, uh, uh, and then there is the Ethereum community, uh, which is uh, the broad, uh, I mean, uh, it's not only the five, but in general, a community is uh, people who are interested uh, in your product somehow. It could be also criticizing you, but uh, uh, it's still community. Okay, no, that makes perfect sense. So how would you say, how do you build a community that becomes a competitive advantage? So as I already mentioned, uh, the main advantage uh, of having a strong community is the word of mouth, uh, which in the end is the networking effect. And uh, I think, uh, the, the fact that the, the users uh, basically feel part uh, of something, uh, of, of a family, you know, uh, of something bigger. The community, as, as I mentioned uh, before, uh, can help also the team uh, behind the project. Uh, for example, when a user uh, needs help, another member of the community can help him. And then the next time this user can help so someone else. And basically, the team behind, the, the, for example, a DeFi project uh, could be very small. Uh, so it's, it's very important to have a community uh, well-educated and informed that, that can, I mean, help the team uh, answering questions or like uh, mm. uh, tech, technical support, uh, this, this kind of thing. Yeah, it becomes uh, a, a very it, much of a self-sustaining, self-sufficient community, exa which exactly, sounds amazing. Exactly. So I was going to ask you, Maria, so how, in terms of effort, how long does it take to build a community? I know maybe it's not so easy to quantify on time because it depends on many things, but how much effort do you need to put into maintaining that community, educating some of its members so that they can support other members? Yeah, I mean, this is very, very, it's very, very hard to answer to this. It, it really depends. Uh, as, I, as I said, uh, you start with the... Uh, five people uh, and then uh, the, the, the growing uh, um, the growing path uh, and uh, the growing pace uh, depends very much on uh, how you do uh, with your product uh, how the users feel about the team behind the product uh, if you are good at catching uh, um, uh, like PR media uh, attention uh, and and then uh, of course uh, the main uh, main point is the word of mouth. Uh, we see a lot of projects uh, created uh, one day and uh, after five days uh, they are everyone is uh, is already talking about them because if the product the product works is easy and comprehensible 
and uh, it solves some need uh, of the users then uh, the community is like is uh, is there and uh, you just need to give them tools to be ready to uh, host the community so you need to provide uh, channels for them to talk so uh, you need to provide a chat a forum uh, and then okay so this is exactly where i wanted to expand with you a little bit so on practical terms so what are the tools and best practices to building a community so you already mentioned in chat and the forum so yeah. yeah, if you could maybe um, talk about this a little bit, I think it's super, super valuable for so many listeners. Yeah, so, so I think the best practice, the main point is uh, um, cre- create a direct contact with the community uh, as pro- and as well as a provide uh, as many channels uh, you can. But all of these has to be done uh, with uh, the team, especially at the beginning, with the team uh, being present there. So you, you can't uh, like create a chat and then disappear completely. Somebody needs to, uh, needs to be there, especially uh, at the beginning, to uh, give answers, educate, and reassure uh, when there is something wrong, engage the community. Uh, after a while, as I mentioned, uh, there's no need for um, there's no need to be always in the in the for example in the chat for a, a team member because when you have an educated and engaged community who supports you, then the community members can take your place there. Of course, that there should always be some admin behind and. Uh, uh, to, to like moderate uh, if uh, something uh, goes wrong in the discussions. But uh, for example, uh, in, in our, we are very lucky because uh, I joined Maker when the community was already built uh, and uh, I also, we are a pretty big team. So uh, we, we, uh, we are more than a than hundred people. Uh, but also the community is super helpful because I see, for example, when I wake up in the morning that, uh, on the cha- on the official chat, there are some questions, but some member of the community already answered, and the Amazing. answer is correct. So you know, but you know, I'm I'm wondering. So how? Because I think these two become very very closely um, related. So support function and the community. So being able to support your customers, answer their questions, uh, give them, you know, solutions to their problems. This is very much like a traditional support, customer support. And then we have a community. And how do you separate the two? How does your community just not become your customer support? So um, I think there um, uh, is a matter of uh, different uh, you have to be very clear in uh, uh, where people should go uh, based on their need so you have several channels uh, we for example at maker we have the blog the telegram chat social media forum rocket chat we have a lot but each of these channel um, is responding to a different need so that there is also some overlap but for example, if you need technical help, you should go in this chat on Rocket Chat. If you need the user support, 
so it's technical but you are a user not a developer you should need, you should go to this other channel if you need to ask a general question uh, you can go to telegram uh, so um, and uh, there is there should be a, a distinction when for example somebody asks in the in the telegram chat where uh, i have this problem with my vault we redirect him to the chat dedicated to the support. Uh, when somebody asks, I would like to propose a business partnership, we uh, redirect him to the, we, we give uh, him the email where he should uh, write uh, to us to for this. So basically now we are, for example, building a community landing page, uh, which uh, is uh, exactly uh, aimed at this. So uh, you uh, go to this landing page and you see, uh, based on your need, where you should uh, go. And there will be the link to each uh, source, basically. Makes sense. So you're basically yeah. fragmenting the needs into different channels yeah. that you, of yeah. course. So in terms of, your, I guess, your personal opinion, do you think that every... Uh, business, I mean, when I say business, I mean in the crypto space, needs a community. So should um, all these sort of young projects start investing their time and effort into building communities? Or is that something that you consider more of a nice to have once the product is launched and established? No, you, you definitely need the community to launch. Uh, you, you need to have some kind of community already when you launched it. Uh, and uh, this is super relevant, especially uh, in the crypto space. For example, the, the, my former company, uh, which is now called uh, Ave, when they launched, uh, they uh, made an ICO uh, and they were called in another uh, way, Ethelen. Uh, they made this ICO. If you are making an ICO, without uh, supporters, without people knowing what you are doing, what you are proposing, for example, it's impossible to sell, to, 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 to raise money, you know? And uh, this, uh, I mean, if you launch without a community, it's, it's much way harder to uh, be in touch with the, uh, I mean, to, to, to to succeed because in the end especially now uh, if you if you launch and nobody nobody knows you your product i mean um, mm -hmm. it's extremely it's extremely hard to to enter in this uh, close because now it's still close uh, uh, ethereum community or crypto community in general uh, and strive because there are a lot of projects around really i mean it's crazy how many uh, people is uh, launching uh, uh, and uh, also very very cool stuff but it's comp it's very relevant to have uh, to have a community no that that makes sense and and thank you for emphasizing that so um speaking of launching and communicating your proposition i would like to hear your thoughts on simplifying complex technical solutions and how to explaining them to masses and kind of help drive adoption so maker is not you know one of the most simple uh, projects to understand so i guess you guys have to do a lot of that sort of uh, thinking of how to explain it to people so i wanted to hear your thoughts on how do you approach simplifying these concepts 
uh, this is <laughs> so basically as i, as I said uh, i joined the space uh, now it's almost two years so it's a bit better but uh, in the very beginning i was completely uh, i felt super ignorant uh, and uh, um, marketing uh, uh, something uh, which this kind of complexity to the masses uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I mean in the community it's pretty much easy uh, but my mom my brother they, they, they didn't even understand what I was doing uh, uh, as, as, as a job okay. so, uh, <laughs> so it, was, it was very it, it is very it, it is very hard to market something uh, technically complex um, but the, the, the main uh, advice that uh, uh, I, I would give is uh, to try to learn and understand as, ma as many things as you can, uh, especially from a technical point of view. Even if you are working in another, uh, completely another area, um, to try to, as soon as you listen to something that you don't understand, ask. Because somebody will explain you and... Uh, It, it is uh, very much easier to uh, explain uh, in simple terms what you understood yourself yeah, rather than uh, like uh, um, read uh, randomly stuff and then trying to market. Because it's, if, you, if you just read and you don't understand, uh, then you just repeat what you read, no? Yeah. In another, on the other hand, if you understood, it's easier to, to explain. Um, and, uh, and, and also, another, uh, so another tip I would uh, mention is that uh, the mass don't care uh, about the technology behind something uh, as long as they trust. So, uh, for example, um, internet, the email, no? My mom, they, they, she, she doesn't know what, what is happening behind uh, her uh, email. Uh, they, she, she just uh, uses email and she's happy with the service. And so the, the main point here is not uh, focus much on the details, on the technical details, uh, and focusing on the ultimate user advantage uh, that user can join. Can, uh, can enjoy uh, and, uh, and the, the needs that your product is, is filling. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always talking about the masses. Of course, there are in, several, in some, in some like, uh, circumstances, you need to focus on details when you are talking to techno technology guys, of course. Yeah, but, different audiences need different yeah. message, but you like yeah. to say, but we, in general, us yeah. we need to be yeah focus more on the what the, the user gets as opposed to the technology behind it. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Thank you. Um, so, Maria, I'd like to spend a few minutes with you, like we've uh, promised at the beginning, to talk about DeFi a little bit because I think in in the in the past year we've seen a few quality decentralized lending platforms emerging and. Um, I think the ability to borrow and lend on a completely open platform is, is a fundamental advancement, I think, in, finance, in financial markets. And uh, MakerDAO, of course, is one of the biggest players here. So I'd like to explore this with you a little bit and talk about why decentralization is important. 
Yeah, so uh, decentralization basically is the core principle of our uh, value proposition at Maker. Uh, so um, we are uh, offering financial services accessible from everywhere and every uh, from everyone and everywhere, uh, and uh, without any third party uh, involved, and completely transparent to uh, to everyone. So. Um, this uh, value proposition won't be possible without decentralization. Uh, and this is why it's important, both for us and uh, as you mentioned, uh, um, for uh, the other, uh, for example, the lending services, um, which, which are uh, uh, super uh, used now and, and they are striving in the, in the DeFi space, but also uh, in general uh, in, uh, in the blockchain, blockchain uh, scenario. Uh, at so, me, yeah. If we, so yeah, I guess this is definitely one of the most promising aspects of DeFi, so the lending. Um, so maybe we can dive in this one a little bit deeper and, and talk about why lending is better when it's decentralized. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, in the, the DeFi, I mean, I, I want to make clear that DeFi is not uh, just lending because usually sure. uh, people uh, think about, but uh, there are uh, several areas, there are asset management, decentralized exchanges, uh, prediction markets, uh, tokenization uh, uh, projects, but um, of course uh, the lending uh, is uh, the thing uh, uh, that is, I mean, uh, more uh, the, the most uh, like uh, fascinating for us because it's uh, close to what we see every day outside and in the lending uh, you can see clearly the um, uh, the advantages uh, of DeFi versus CFI which is centralized finance um, so uh, the, I see a lot of potential uh, in these products um, Due to uh, due to exactly the, the, these hard advantages that that you that you receive, uh, for example, uh, the peer-to-peer -peer, uh, transactions without a third party, the transparency, uh, the um, quick uh, service, twenty-four hours, uh, which doesn't require uh, any like. Uh, opening hours of the bank because uh, they need to approve your transaction, uh, cross-border, uh, low cost. I mean, there is a, uh, always some fee to pay, but it's nothing comparable to what you have to pay, uh, for example, to uh, make, uh, to, to, to grab a, a loan from a bank. And the, the, the main super advantage is that to get a loan, you don't need any credit history. So everyone can access these. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it, uh, if you want to uh, take a loan from a bank, they will ask you for your salary strips, uh, for your credit history. You need in, in the first place to have a, a bank account, uh, which is not needed in the DeFi case. Yeah, so it's an absolute game changer, obviously. Um, so what do you think are the kind of, um, well, the existing challenges of decentralization and, and how they're being tackled at the moment? 
the main challenge uh, is uh, the uh, accessibility. So the simplification of everything, because decentralization needs to be simplified um, and to, to grab the, the mass adoption, to, to be made more accessible, uh, trying to accessible in the sense that uh, from a UX perspective. So um, now um, that uh, you, you need to like install MetaMask or it, it's a, a bit, uh, th there are some hard barriers th that people are a bit uh, scared about. And uh, uh, also the decentralization itself, the, the process of governing the, the DAOs, for example, uh, should be made more easy uh, in this sense. So uh, now you need to have <clears throat> MKR token. I'm talking about Maker now. Uh, you need to have this MKR token. Uh, then you need to go to the dashboard. You need to have some amount of token to vote. Uh, you, uh, you need to be of course uh, aware of everything is proposed uh, and then you vote. I think uh, in general uh, having people involved enable them to be uh, like relevant in the voting process and uh, for them to be easy to vote uh, are the main challenge now and the process should be uh, more smooth uh, the proposition uh, uh, should be clearer and the uh, governing systems uh, uh, should be as fair as possible. Uh, and we are, at Maker, we are uh, actually doing uh, several initiatives for, for this uh, to, to improve the governing uh, and the decentralization in general. I see, very interesting. Um, so in, like, in the example that you've given, uh, and something that we could potentially control as the UX, um, and is that something that Maker as a company is aware of and you have that as uh, one of your priorities to, to improve that user experience and you know, maybe remove some of the steps or integrate them into some others? Is that something yeah. you're working towards? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the, this topic is uh, um, a bit undervalued when it comes to uh, like uh, conferences and talks. But uh, uh, every, everybody now, I noticed that uh, uh, in the DeFi space, everybody is uh, uh, very aware of the importance of uh, providing a good UX. So we are, for example, we recently revealed the website. Uh, we have uh, uh, on oasis.app, uh, you have everything you need to um, play with the DAI. So you can generate, you can borrow, and you can exchange uh, all in the same uh, home page, uh, let's say, in the same uh, dashboard. Uh, and uh, also, for example, we um, integrate uh, pieces of our uh, protocol uh, in the exchanges so people just have to click. I mean, it's very, and not only at Maker, but I noticed it uh, in uh, several projects that uh, they, they are more giving more value to this because uh, it is a, a barrier. And, yeah, uh, I think it's, it is about the time that we yeah. start looking into that aspect. And it's understandable because up until now, you know, there are so many challenges about 
you know, the technology itself, yeah. proving its value. And I think now that projects are starting to shape and are more ready for the, for the con- consumption, we need to start focusing on the actual experience. Um, so it's, it's great to hear that you guys are on it because I think it will influence everyone else um, when yeah. you know, the bigger players start looking into that. That sounds amazing. So in terms of um, the future challenges, let's say we um, overcome, you know, one of the most immediate ones, like you've mentioned, the, you know, the user experience, the, um, the regulations. And so what do you think would be the potential future challenges of uh, decentralized finance? Um, so the, there are, of course, as, as you mentioned, several uh, fields uh, of, of challenge, several kind you know so we have uh, from a tech perspective of course uh, the, the the main challenge uh, is the scalability and uh, to um, to to improve the liquidity in order to reach more and more the adoption and uh, to, to be faster and safer uh, of course we need more and more liquidity because uh, the liquidity of CFI is not uh, is not i mean the liquidity of defi is nothing compared to the to the money on uh, in cfi uh, and then from a marketing perspective uh, as i said it's crucial to go be beyond this um uh, scare, scaring aspects of of the services uh trying to make it uh, as uh, as more uh, as, mu- as much easy as possible uh, to make people understand as much as possible in order then not to be scared uh, and to trust more. Yeah. Then um, also, as I already mentioned, again, it's crucial to, to try to hide uh, as much as we can uh, the technicalities behind, uh, but in the same time to convince people that this is trustable. And it's trustable because you can see it. Uh, I mean, you, you go on Etherscan and you can see everything. Another challenge is uh, talking with the institutions, the regulators, because now they are giving more and more uh, importance uh, to uh, stable coins and crypto. They are, I mean, taking some actions. And uh, uh, I think that talking with them is, the, is one of the main uh, challenges uh, and uh, something that we need to do because we need the regulation uh, if we want to reach mass adoption. And uh, uh, this regulation should be fair uh, and uh, should be decided together with the institutions. Very logical and makes sense. So um, thanks for sharing. We have a few minutes left, Maria, and I would like to also spend um, some time talking to you about more of your personal views about the blockchain space as a whole. So on an individual level, what would you say are the most challenging aspects of working in the blockchain space as a woman? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I I don't think it's a matter of women. I mean, we are a few, but uh, why? Because uh, I think Mm, There is this uh, thing uh, that uh, I uh, feel uh, from one uh, more than, I mean, almost two years. You feel always ignorant in the end because (laughs) it's it's such a a fast-changing environment, uh, both from technical and other point of view, uh, that uh, 
every day you you need to learn something new and you you never stop learning so you, you always feel, feel a bit ignorant mm -hmm. and uh, um, but this is a, and you should have a, this thing in yourself that that is is not a bad thing on the other hand for me it's something that keeps me alive you know it keeps me happy to work every day because i know that i'm not seated on my desk without like doing all the all, all every day the same stuff but i will always learn something new uh, and uh, of course uh, having a great uh, a good team that helps you uh, is uh, really important because uh, as soon as I don't know something I uh, have someone who can ask too uh, and also it's also it's also a, a field uh, where you don't have to be shy uh, so uh, you, you don't know you ask even if you look ignorant but you don't because i mean everybody uh, don't know something uh, and uh, that's that is the the challenge but uh, the challenge is uh, on a positive uh, side you know mm -hmm. and in terms of um tips and ideas that you could give to other people who might be looking into transitioning into the blockchain space or trying to grow within that space what would you what would you share I would suggest to start by the very basics, so informing yourself about crypto, Ethereum and DeFi, reading uh, educational materials, we, uh, which are uh, everywhere. I mean, you can watch videos on YouTube. You can, a, good, a very good source, in my opinion, is Medium blog, where you can search for DeFi um, and crypto and Ethereum topics. Uh, and you always recognize a very technical uh, article uh, and uh, non-technical so it's easy uh, and uh, also in our blog for example in maker blog we have a section which is called uh, a welcome to crypto series uh, and we have uh, a lot of uh, educational contents uh, uh, not related uh, to maker it's related in general to to the space uh, and then when you decide if you like what you uh, what you are learning then you can join the space you can't join the space if you don't like it because uh, it's impossible to work here it's it would be very frustrating if you don't care or, or you don't like what you are doing to work in this kind of uh, space everything is very um, floating changing and uh, yeah no, of course, that makes perfect sense. And thank you for this tips. I'm sure it will be useful. And I'll share the, um, the links to the education that you said that Maker is offering online. Um, I guess, do you have any other closing thoughts, anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to add? Um, I would say no, that's it. Great. Good luck um, so, to everyone. <laughs> for sure. Luck we need, especially in these weird times yeah. of coronavirus. But anyway, yeah. um, Maria, please tell our listeners where they can uh, find you online. Oh, yeah. Um, so you can find me on the LinkedIn, uh, Maria Magenes. Then you can find me on uh, Telegram, uh, where my, uh, my handle is Maria Magenes, uh, attached. Uh, and on Twitter, Maria Magenes one Brilliant. I will add those to the notes as well. And Maria, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. 
me too. Thanks, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please check the notes section of this podcast to find the links of some of the info that Maria has shared and her contact details. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Women of Blockchain podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share. Last but not least, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, PumaPay, for allowing us to deliver this podcast. PumaPay is the first comprehensive crypto payment solution for businesses. We are very proud to be working with a company that genuinely wants to increase the adoption of cryptocurrencies and help many people to pay less fees and have more control over their money. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you all in the next episode.